Hello and welcome to this, the latest edition of the Word on Women's Football podcast. We are the podcast who aim to promote the women's game far and wide, providing all the latest breaking news from the week, expert analysis and opinion on all goings on within the women's game here in the UK, Europe and globally. We are a dedicated platform for the women's game, bringing you a new podcast every Monday, ready for your morning commute, your daily run, the school run or for your general listening pleasure. We aim to bring you all the talking points in the women's game, including exclusive interviews, 52 weeks a year. You can expect an in-depth look at all the WSL results and upcoming fixtures. We look at the results in the Championship and the National League, growing the game baby step at a time. Hopefully you've already done so, but for all of our new listeners out there, we are on all of your major social media outlets. You can find us on Facebook, searching Word on Women's Football. We are on Twitter at UKWOWF and on for Instagram, search Word on Women's Football Pod. We'd love to hear from our listeners and love to hear what you think. You can email us on wordonwomensfootball at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you. This week we'll be looking at all the WSL fixtures from round two. We'll be looking at the latest transfer news as a transfer window shut. We'll be looking at the National League. We will be looking at many other talking points that have happened throughout the week. But for now, on with the pod. We'd like to start the pod this week by congratulating Chelsea striker Beth England, who's been named the PFA Women's Players Player of the Year. The 26-year-old scored 21 goals in the 1920 season and helped the Blues win the WSL and the League Cup. She said that it was a huge honour to be voted by for your peers, so thank you to everyone who voted for me. The team cohesion as a part, as a group, we fought for everything we had. The girls were tremendous. Thankfully, we had a great year, and hopefully, hopefully, it continues. Well, from everyone here at the Word on Women's Football podcast, we would like to congratulate Beth on the award and hope that she continues to start smashing those those awards throughout the rest of the season. Now, to round up the transfer news, as we all know, the transfer window slammed shut on Thursday, but the door was just ajar. We'll come to that one later. The biggest news in the transfer window, really, was when Lucy Bronze finally made the move to Manchester City. Now, we all knew that this was going to happen. We all had a very good suspicion that she would end up back at Manchester City, where she left for Lyon before. But she's confirmed that she's back and brought with her Alex Greenwood. Now, the two players have been fantastic at Lyon and been instrumental in their success. And they're going to hopefully bring that back to the WSL and make Man City a real contender on the European front. They weren't the only players who were being announced that were big stars. We saw Kristen Press and Tobin Heath both come over from the Utah Royals and Portland Thorns, respectively, to join Man United on one-year deals. That took the amount of Women's World Cup winners from the 2019 World Cup to four, until on Saturday morning when Alex Morgan was confirmed to be joining Spurs until December on loan from Orlando Pride. Now, given that she gave birth on the 7th of May this year, this is a huge move for Alex personally, as well as professionally, to show that she can do it not only in the NWSL, 
but in our own WSL as it is. This is all subject to her having her work permit, but I cannot see that one being turned down through the fantastic work that she does both on and off the pitch. However, this leads us on to the homegrown quotas that will be brought in next season. Now, we discussed this last week, but those of you who didn't hear, it's coming in next season. Squads will be capped at 25, with eight of those players being homegrown. Now, by homegrown, that means that they've trained at your club or another club for three years before they turn 21 in England. It's great that these players have come over, but will this be detrimental for the young players in the WSL? I've had a look at the squads for this year, and actually, majority of the squads would actually be able to continue, even if this came in this year. There are a couple of clubs who are flouting near the 25 mark looking at the Man Cities, the Man United's West Ham's of the world but they're still close to it and they could still function with the quota being in there yes it's great that these players have come in but we also need to be thinking about the Lionesses and about our football as a whole and seeing where we can move on I think the real homegrown quota is needed as well in the championship like it will be, but that's a lot stricter where 60% of their squad will have to be homegrown. That's where it's going to struggle, in my opinion. But that also leads us on to Tony Farmer's comments about the players coming in. Now, for those who don't know Tony, he set up Chelsea women's team in the 90s, brought it through, brought them up into what was the top tier of English football then. And he said on Twitter that although we're having these fantastic players coming in, we also need to look at our lower leagues, tier three and below, who are actually begging for players to play football for them. Which is really a real shame that we cannot retain these players who may have played at a younger level, may not have made the top grade in the first or second tier, and have then gone on to other things. We need to try and make sure that we are retaining these players, retaining the talent and trying to push it forward so that we can then build up on what we've got and make our system, not just a WSL, but the whole women's football system in the UK, the best in the world, which I truly believe it can be. Now that leads us on to our new and exciting segment that we will be bringing to you very soon. In light of Tony's comments, we want to try and promote the game from Tier 3 and below. And that's why we're going to be introducing the We Support Your Local Team Tour. This is where the podcast will come to your local team. And we will talk to the players, talk to the management, talking to the fans and getting a general feel for your club before taking in the game and discussing on the segment all the fantastic things that that club is doing within its community. We want to spread this game far and wide, so we want to take in your games from far and wide as well. In the next coming weeks, we'll be putting stuff out there on our Twitter page, asking for people to get in touch with all their fixtures, when we could be coming down to see that their teams play, why we should come and see your team play. So if you are interested, if you want us to be there, if you want to have your team focused on on our podcast, then please get in touch with us on Twitter at UKWOWF. We love to hear from you all. 
We can't wait to come and see you all play. All football is fantastic for us. And I personally cannot wait to get our teeth stunk into this one. On the, on the subject of retaining players as well, it's great that the FA have brought in their Wildcats, their Wildcats program. This program is aimed at primary school girls trying to get them involved in football and try and get them sucked in and love the game as much as we do, as our listening public. It's a fantastic system. However, I've looked at it as a teacher with my teacher head on my professional head. And for the children in my school would have to travel up to 13 miles to take part in the Wildcat sessions, according to the FA website. Now, 13 miles isn't too bad. But when you consider that you have to cross a toll bridge and a river to get to this club within another county, I personally don't think it's acceptable. So if you're involved in running a local girls team and you haven't signed up to the Wildcats system yet, I urge you to get onto the FA website and sign yourselves up to the Wildcats program and let us spread this far and wide. Once you've done it, tag us in a post on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and we will we'll retweet it. We'll spread it out to our followers. We'll, we are all in this together and we can all only do what we can do to spread the game. The more you help us spread the game, the further the game will go. We're all, as I said, we're all in this together. Let's do it together. Speaking of spreading the game far and wide, if any of our Twitter followers are listening, you will hear that we, as at the time of recording, we are on day three of trying to promote the trading card campaign. Now, for those of you who aren't on Twitter or don't follow us on Twitter yet, you should be at UKWOWF. However, we are currently trying to get in touch with the creators at Panini, at Tops. We've spoken to Parkside Collectibles about trying to get the WSL licensed and out there as a trading card or sticker book collection. As a child of the 90s, I loved my, collecting my stickers of all the football, famous footballers and swapping them on the playground. And again, as a teacher, I know kids still love doing this today. I'm inundated every day with adrenaline XL cards, match attacks cards, and I'm seeing all the top players from around the world. But it's only ever from boys. Personally, I think if we had a, a trading card with one of our famous footballers in it, such as Lucy Bronze, Alex Greenwood, Rachel Daly, with their face on it and they're, they're something they can collect, then girls will be getting involved in it. When you go down to your local Sainsbury's, your local Tesco, you go down to see the magazines and such. What do you see there when you've got the collectibles? You see stickers for foot, for Premier League, cars for the Premier League, cars for the Euro 2020, Frozen stickers, Troll stickers, LOL doll stickers. Would it not be an idea to have the WSL as a trading card collection. I know from collectors, adult collectors, they would be signing up and coming to get this. I know for a fact that girls on the playground would love to have this. Something to promote our fantastic game. We're on day three, like I said. We've had no comment from anyone at Panini, from Tops, from the WSL as a whole. The only people who've got back to us are Parkside Collectibles. Thank you very much, Parkside Collectibles, for getting back to us. You are more than, more than happy to get on board with this, as you should be, because it's a fantastic idea. We need to get this spread out as far as we can. If you want to help us in our campaign, use the hashtag FAWSL Trading Cards. 
That's hashtag FAWSL trading cards. And let's spread it far and wide. Let's get it out there. Let's make a change. Let's make a positive change for the women's game from our laptops. That's all I'm asking you to do. A couple of tweets. Get the hashtag out there. We can do this all together. Now, on to this week in the WSL. What an interesting week it's been. We've seen two games with nine goals scored for one team. We've seen a stalemate at 0-0, which could have been one of the games of the season. We've seen teams coming from from a position where they could possibly have lost the game, coming back to win it emphatically. And we've seen simple games where they get, it's been so tight, it's been hard to call either way. As always, we will start chronologically. So we'll start with Saturday's game that was on BTT Sport 1. And was also the test event for play, for fans coming back to grounds. That is, of course, the West Ham versus Arsenal game at Victoria Road, Dagenham Redbridge. Now... For the first 20 minutes, this was a very interesting game that could have gone either way. West Ham went out there and attacked for a minute one, played really well. Couple of dodgy refereeing decisions, but we'll come to those later. Arsenal went 1-0 up. Surprise, surprise. But then West Ham crawled, pulled one back. They pulled a goal back and they looked like they could actually have scored two or three before the second goal went in, which was offside. And that saw... Jill Flatterly gets sent off for her second booking after 30 minutes. Now, Jill then went on to Twitter on Sunday morning to release, I suppose you'd call it a statement. We'll read through it now just to um, give you a general feeling of her, how she feels about the incident and how I feel actually I get where she's coming from. So the statement reads, I wasn't going to tweet anything regarding yesterday's game and I have to be careful here in what I say. First, or I didn't get set the second yellow because I lost my head because I'm playing against my old team. I got the second yellow for telling the lino it was a poor decision. Ultimately, as a result of this game, the people I've let down are my teammates, staff, who I have apologised to. And I would also like to apologise to our incredible fans. The decision killed what could have been a great game. People will have their own opinions on it and think I'm wrong or think I'm awful as a player, person or whatever, but that's sweet. However, something needs to be done regarding the standard of officiating in our league because we as players and clubs are getting let down week in, week out because of it. We do really have to question the standard of refereeing within the WSL. I know they're an easy target, but that the referee lost that game from as soon as that second yellow was issued to Jill, the West Ham captain. And to be honest, the goal was offside. There was another goal that was offside. Arsenal, or hands up, Arsenal deserved to win the game. They outclassed them in every way from then onwards. But the question has to be asked, would the result have been the same? With 11 v 11 and results being called in the right way. We have to say there was no way of being nine goals conceded that game. The heads were down from as soon as the red card came. Looking into the refereeing. If you're going to referee in the WSL. You are picked from a pool of referees. 
who are qualified to referee at the National League standard in men's football. Which is, in theory, when we look at the refereeing period, period, it is one below how we'd have it for the Football League and the Premier League in the men's game. But there's a big gulf in talent. If this is, we know that this is the top quality end of women's football in this country, if not the world. And our referees are people who could then go and referee a game with, in all due respect, semi-professional players who are not up to the standard of the women that are playing in the WSL. The FA need to think about how they're going to create a pathway for women to come into the game to referee or use the referees that are in the pool for the Premier League and the Football League to be used in the WSL. That could be something that clubs may have to pay extra for, but I'm pretty sure majority of clubs would pay extra if they knew that they were going to get top quality refereeing week in, week out. Taking nothing away from Arsenal, Rod was fantastic yet again, scoring that second hat-trick in two games. And to be honest, I can't see Arsenal being beaten by many teams again. I said this last week, I really can't see them being beaten by many teams this year. We look at teams like Chelsea, we look at teams like City, who, yes, will give them a fantastic game. But will that see them being beat? Oh, I'd watch this space if I'm being brutally honest. Let's move on to Sunday's games now. We are first game, saw Chelsea taking on Bristol City at home. Now, it was really nice to see all the banners from the Chelsea Supporters Club out in the, out in the stands, covering the seats, getting even the the harder um, flag that was already there. That's She's already been a player at the club for over a week now, and she's got a flag made and everything. So the guys at the Chelsea Women's Supporters Club have done fantastically well there. Well done, guys. Keep up all that hard work. So, with a 9-1 victory in the Arsenal-West Ham game, we moved on to a 9-0 victory in the Chelsea-Bristol City game. We all know it was over at half-time, 5-0 up. But to win 9-0 with nine different scorers is no mean feat. Chelsea would looked a bit rusty on, on Sunday last week when they played Manchester United, but they certainly shook that off and, to be honest, took Bristol City to the cleaners. Again, 9-0, nine different scorers. Fantastic. They move on to four points. Next, we saw Everton host Spurs at Walton Hall Park in their first home game. Tight first half, very tight first half, but Everton were in control for the majority of the game. A Christiansen goal, goal took it in the end with a 1-0 win, moving the Toffees onto six points out of a possible six. A fantastic start for Everton, who will want to close that gap between themselves and the top three. A little later on the day, we saw Birmingham City host Man United. The first half was a great attacking performance from Bristol City, who actually looked like a completely different team to the one who played against Brighton and lost 2-0 last week. They they went 1-0 down very early on, but however, they finished the half at 2-all, all-level pegging. And to be honest, if they carried on playing the way they did in the first half, they were there to take United to to the wire, possibly nick the win. I say if they were going to perform like in the second half, because they certainly did not. They were The second half was the Black Birmingham of old. And if they're going to keep on, if they want to stay in this division, they want to fight in this division, they really need to start playing like they did in the first half. 
United went on to win 5-2. Great performance in the second half for United. They've moved on to four points as well with Chelsea. Chelsea will be just above them. Um, well, I say just above. They will be above them with that superior goal difference after their 9-0 victory. But again, keeps it nice and tight at the top. Now, with my rules of sticking chronologically, I should move on to City-Brighton. However, I'm going to move on to Reading-Villa first. City-Brighton is a game that we really do need to talk about. Now, Reading was strong in the first half. They were, went 3-0 up in the first half. And there was a constellation penalty for Villa in the second. Again, Villa in the same boat as Birmingham. They need to up their performances and try and play their football the way they play it every week that they did last season in the Championship, try and play again over in the, Premier, in the WSL to make sure that they stay in the division. The games between themselves and Birmingham and Bristol are going to be huge six-point games this time around. Actually, they're probably the games we're looking forward to quite a lot here at the World on Women's Football. Now, moving on to City-Brighton. Looking at the goal, if you just took the, goal, the score line at his face value... You'd be wondering, why am I waxing lyrical about a nil-nil draw? But then you look at the talent that City have got. And that's why I'm waxing lyrical about a nil-nil draw. What a fantastic performance by Brighton. City did look out of sorts, but Bronze and Greenwood did make their starts. They put in the performance of the week, Brighton. City were peppering their, de their defence, their goal. But Megan Walsh put in a hell of a shift. And she ensured that she kept her team in that game the whole time. Yes, Brighton not, may, may not have made many attacks forward. However, they didn't need to. They didn't. If you go away to Man City and come away with a draw, you can look at yourselves in the mirror and go, you know what? We have done really well here. We have put in a hell of a shift and we can carry on doing exactly what we're doing. Well done, Brian. Honestly, one of the best defensive performances I've seen for a very long time. That point moves both City and Brighton onto four points. So at the top, it looks like the top two, we have Arsenal in first place and Everton in second place. Then we have on four points each, we have Chelsea, Manchester United and City. We then have Reading and Brighton who are both on three points. And we have um, Spurs and West Ham on their one point. Then Bristol City, Birmingham and Villa are all tied on no points at all. Obviously, it's the second game of the season. Can't take much from the league table from that. But it does make from some tasty, tasty fixtures at the bottom end of the table. That wraps up the WSL fixtures for round two. We'll now move into the championship results. Yes, I'm going to make an... an Apology here, I did actually forget to give the championship results for the last week. However, we learn from our mistakes, and here we go with round two of the championship. The first game of the weekend saw Crystal Palace take on the London City Lionesses Saturday at 7 pm. The scoreline was 1 all. Seemed like a good game, but however, I'm not I'm not had time to watch these ones yet, and the majority of these games do come out later on on Monday with their their full com um, full highlights. The Palace-London City Lionesses game is on the FA Play now. If you're interested, go and see that one. Please go and watch it. We were treated to two FA player games this week. We had Durham versus Lewis. Durham ran out 3-0 winners. It was 0-0 at half-time. Three goals in the second half saw Durham take home the win. 
Then we move on to Blackburn Rovers versus Charlton Athletic. Charlton Athletic took the win there, 1-0 in a very late goal. Good win for Charlton there on the road. Next, we saw London Bees host Liverpool. Liverpool came off the back of a draw last week. They then defeated London Bees 3-0. And our second uh, televised game of the week on the FA player saw Sheffield United take on Leicester City. Leicester City and Sheffield United shared the points here with a 2-2 draw. Very good performance from both teams. Great advert for the championship as well. Now we move on to next week's fixtures. And next week's fixtures, there are no WSL fixtures, there are no championship fixtures as we move into an international break. However, please do not fear. There is a lot of live football going on at Tier 3 and below as the National League kicks off next weekend. Now, I've spoken to our good friends of the podcast at Talking Woso on Twitter. Please follow them at Talking Woso. We spoke about which games we should look out for this weekend. Now, one of the games that highlighted was Ipswich Town versus Hashtag United. Now, Ipswich were considered the favourites last season and there will be many people's favourites this season as well. But it's an extremely competitive division. Ipswich hashtag Billericay and AFC Wimbledon were all in the running before the season was ended, and they'll all fancy it again in the 2021 season. The two teams were placed in first, which was Ipswich Town, and third, hashtag United, when the season was curtailed in March. However, hashtag, which used to be AFC Basildon, were the most informed team in the league, having won their last six matches, while Town had lost two of their last six, their most wobbly run of the season. There is a definite sense of unfinished business about it. Since then, AFC Basildon merged with Hashtag United and have ridden a wave of momentum on and off the pitch and signed some quality players like Eve, Evie Clark, who dropped two divisions to join them. Question is, can they take that into the game against Ipswich? Easier said than done, because Ipswich are a quality side filled with youth internationals who almost certainly continue to improve as they continue to gain more experience next we're going to look at Yeovil Town versus Portsmouth last season was a transitional year for Yeovil a chance to step steady the ship after the fallout from being demoted from the WSL Jamie Sherwood appears to have done that for the club and now they are keen to regain what they and many others consider their, their rightful, rightful place in the football pyramid Portsmouth have a lot of quality in their side and are unquestionably a better team than their league position last season suggests. Did they underperform? Arguably, yes. But it's not as simple as that. They suffered the most horrendous run of performance, which would have disrupted any team season. The game against Yeovil, though a tough game, is the perfect opportunity to make a statement on the opening day of the season. It's a shame this won't take place at Yeovil's home ground, but it's sure to be a good contest between the two talented sides, led by two good managers. It's also an intriguing game because the two sides didn't actually get to play last season. Once again, thank you for uh, for talking well so to for providing those fantastic detailed analysis of the game, which I'm not going to lie, this is why I want to do the We Support Your Local Team Tour so I can get to know that Tier 3 and below games because I know the WSL, 
I'm familiar with the championship. The, the, the tier three and below, I need to I need to brush up on, and that's what I want to do together with you guys. Fantastic reports there, and please remember at the time of recording, you are currently allowed to go and watch tier three and below of the women's game at a safe social distance, of course. This might change by the time I finish recording this segment. This may change by the time you listen to this podcast. However, at the moment, you can go and watch it. Please go and support your local team. Have a pie. Have a pint. Buy a programme if you put at all possible. Just go and be part of the footballing world that is around you. You may be one of a one of a hundred. Under a hundred, maybe. But you'll be there to support those women taking their steps into football. And that's exactly what you need to be doing to grow the game. Take a picture, put it on Twitter, tag the team in there, retweet it out there. Make sure people know that there's a team there, because you know for a fact there'll be people who live in that town that don't know anything about it. I know this in Billericay, when I used to live in Billericay, people didn't know that Billericay had a local women's team. We need to spread the game. Hashtag are doing fantastic work spreading the women's game with their YouTube videos. And I will look forward to going and watch Hashtag very soon. Let's keep it going. Let's push on and keep going to these local teams. Again, if you want the pod to visit your local team, please get in touch with us on Twitter. We are at UKWOWF. But that's all for this week. We will Next week, we're going to have a National League focus. We'll be reporting on all the National League fixtures, looking at their results. We'll be looking at all the work from the international games, looking at all the latest news the fa cup will be back on the 26th and 27th the the semi-finals were drawn for that we'll talk about that next week so we'll be previewing the quarterfinal so that's it for this week's podcast we'd like to remind you of our fate of our socials we are on facebook facebook.com forward slash wowf we are on twitter at uk wowf on instagram search word on women's football pod and we'll be there Give us a follow for all of our exclusive content. Our DMs are always open. Please come in and have a word with us if you would like your local team to be covered by our We Support Your Local Team Tour. Or if you've got anything to say about the podcast in general. Our email address is wordonwomensfootball at gmail.com. Please subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Spotify, Acast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Anchor, we are on so many different podcast platforms. I think we've just become available on TuneIn as well. Subscribe to get us all into your feed. Leave us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Make sure they are those five-star reviews to get us onto their, their new and noteworthy section. But remember to please spread the word, the word on women's football. <laughs>